Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Rocky, everybody knows me, but they don't know you. Um, but Rocky Buckley is joining us from Charlottesville or Charlotte? Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, he came way of me to by one of his uh, people that reaches out. And um, I always am intrigued by individuals who are doing branding. For many of you who know, we've had Dory Clark on here and all kinds of people like that that talk about personal brands. Uh, we just had Connie Steele on, who actually is somebody in your neck of the woods. Um, she's in Maryland um, about personal branding. And it's always interested me. It's like, hey, how are we helping people in personal brands, especially in today's internet age, right? Because uh, it's a big deal. Um, but I'm going to tell the listeners a little bit about you. Um, if you want to know more about Rocky, just go to Rocky Buckley, R-O-C-K-Y-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y.com. There you can learn more about him. But he is an entrepreneur, a coach, consultant, and the creator of Platinum Path Mastermind, where he helps solopreneurs, experts, thought leaders, and influencers reinvent, reinvent their expertise and shift into high-priced, lifestyle-friendly business model. And I like that because, you know, for a lot of us, um, we are solopreneurs. That's what we're doing out here. And uh, it is a lifestyle business. Podcasting is kind of a lifestyle business. Um, He's also the creator of Power Persona Framework, a unique inside-out strategy for personal branding and positioning as a public figure. Over the last 23 years, Rocky has helped his clients bring over $100 million in training programs, curriculum, and information products to the market. He's consulted on over 3,000 projects for clients ranging from billion-dollar brands like Parsons, Wiley, McMillan, to expert authors and entrepreneurs in nine countries and over 100 different markets. He's worked behind the scenes of numerous seven- and eight-figure product launches, and most recently partnered with Tony Robbins and Dean Grazios on their Time to Thrive Challenge. Well, you have a great background for this, and you're somebody that anybody who's out there listening today who's either started a business or is running a business on the side or whatever it might be uh, would need to hear from from you about what it is you can do to help them, right? Um and that's what we like to do on Inside Personal Growth. It's people that are seeking and want to help. So, Rocky, speak with us a little about how you became this personal brand expert. You told me on our pre-interview. Mm-hmm. And why in the digital age that we're living in, it's so important to have this unique personal brand, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Greg. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess the first thing I would say is I don't necessarily position myself as an expert in this space. I think I'm kind of somewhere between between an expert and a fellow traveler on that journey, because it's only really been in the last few years that I've I've become more of a public figure. Um, I think for me, it really started way back when I was a kid. Um, I was a high potential kid. I was a, a gifted high IQ kid who always had this mantle of like potential put on me because I was a you know a smart kid and so on. But I was always told from the time I was young, you know, you can become anything that you want to become and, you know, become come somebody, make a real difference in the world and so on. So I've kind of always had that 
sense of of something like that in my future ever since I was a kid. Um, and all the way growing up, you know, I was interested in things like sports and acting and and film. And in all of those interests and passions that I had, I always looked at it through the lens of, you know, fame and having a platform and being able to be a role model to impact other people's lives. You know, so whether I wanted to be a professional baseball player or make movies, I always looked at it through the lens of I can use this to make a difference in people's lives. And then, you know, over the years, as it took me into the business world, I found myself working with a lot of authors and experts and entrepreneurs on their books and their intellectual property on their websites. And in the process of working with these people, I always found that I would come to a point where I was trying to extract out of them, you know, who is this really for? Why is this important? What are you trying, really trying to communicate in this logo or in this website? What are you trying to do? And so on. So I started to kind of enter this space of, you know, positioning and communication and messaging. And at the same time, I was also very involved in ministry leadership. So I was, you know, standing on stages, I was speaking a lot, I was trying to impact people. And the thought of leadership and communication and how you frame, you know, topics and so on, and how you move people, all of these things were always rolling around in my head. But it wasn't really until a few years ago where, you know, I had been in business for about 20 years but I had, was more of a behind the scenes guy. I wasn't a public figure. And so when it came time where I made that decision, I'm going to actually step out from behind the shadows and become, you know, a public person. What do I do now with myself? Like how do all these things that I've worked with other people on all these years, how do I actually now use that stuff to position myself? How do I articulate the best version of me for public consumption. And so that's sort of the origin of that journey. And, and so I had to kind of go through and extract stuff out of my own head and articulate it and put it into a process that you referred to earlier as my power persona framework. So I think that, you know, personal branding, as you mentioned, we're living in a digital age or a social age. And, you know, if you're in business or you're trying to make an impact, there's really no choice. You have to be online. You have to be a public persona. And so the question isn't whether to do it, it's just how do you do it and how do you do it well? So your personal brand is something that is going to carry with you um, through the years. You know, we're we're in a time where there's rapid change. We're in a very rapidly changing world. We're most likely going to have to reinvent ourselves many times over the course of our career. But the one constant thing is us, is the person inside of that. And so I think being able to get in touch with that, being strategic about it, and you know, being expert in how to how to reinvent yourself, how do you reframe your messaging, the target audience that you're looking at, and so on, and all of that, like that makes that best version of you that breaks through the noise and stands out in a crowd. So I think that skill is just becoming more and more important um, as we go into the future. Well, it's it's so apparent, Rocky, that it you know it's not a one size fits all. Um, you know, when you start to work with people like Tony Robbins, and I go back to the day, um, you know, the Zig Ziglers of the world and the people that would really inspire and motivate salespeople, right? Or the religious leaders, um, that I would listen to, um, like Dr. Schuler, who's now passed or those kind of people. And you would say, you know, charisma. You know, you would look at so many of them, and especially the spiritual leaders with the the kind of charisma. Um, Norman Vincent Peale used to be a guy I would listen to. I go back to the day, and can I had cassette tapes, and I would put put them in the car, 
And for hours, I would listen to Norman Vincent Peale. And, you know, some people you say, well, are they born with it? You know, it's like, oh, you know, did you, did these guys get born with it so that, you know, they just turn into these natural charismatic, you know, personalities that do it. Mm -hmm. But speak with us about this, what you refer to as conscious identity design. I'm not certain that people like Zig Ziglar and Norman Vincent Peale even would know what conscious identity design would be. I think they just went out there and just did it. And how would one approach creating a conscious design for them? Yeah, I think actually, if you go back to that literature in that time, probably what I'm talking about with conscious identity design would evoke something like Maxwell Maltz in psycho-cybernetics. It's something like that, where there's this self-image that you're looking to actually design and build from the inside out. So when I talk about conscious identity design, it's really in the context of being a public persona. So that it's not just in general terms, although you can do that, but identity itself, if you really look into who we are and who we believe that we are, inside of that is a whole web of different roles that we have, context and so on. So when I talk about conscious identity design, it's in the context of that role as a public figure, entrepreneur, leader sort of person. And so, you know, a lot of us, when we get into this space of becoming a public figure, we jump right into the tactical aspects of it. We might start putting out a lot of content, putting out messaging, marketing, products, and so on. But invariably, unless you are a natural and you hit it immediately, a lot of people find that they struggle, that that they struggle to resonate with an audience. And so there's a lot to unpack inside of that, right? So when I talk about conscious identity design, it's not like um, I'm going to create a, a false or inauthentic person. It's really how do I get a clear vision on who I want to become? Oh, I'm hearing some music. Is there? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so when I talk about conscious identity design, it's about who do I want to become? What's that vision for myself as a public figure? And how do I end up achieving that? Right. So a lot of people look at you know, this from the standpoint of discovering themselves or finding themselves. And I find that that can be a lot of navel gazing. It can be a a black hole that can eventually lead to nowhere. I look at it really from the standpoint of creating that version of yourself, right? Instead of trying to determine in mind, who am I? What was I created to be? What's my purpose? And all of this stuff. I look at it from the standpoint of what do I want and how do I create that? And so, you know, there's a whole process of going through that, looking at your life vision. What's your vision for ultimately a big picture in life? Who do you want to become in 5, 10, 20 years? How does that inform your business vision? And then inside of that, what is that role that you play as a public figure inside of that? Then when you actually go to execute it, you know, it's a combination of aspects like Maxwell Maltz will talk about in psychocybernetics. It's visualization. It's imagining that version of yourself right? Conditioning your mind to believe that's who you are and that's who you're becoming. But it's also actions. You know, it's it's different um, activities that you can put yourself in proximity to that start to shift your identity. So for example, it might be, let's say you've had a struggle over the years, you know, connecting with the idea of becoming wealthy. Well, if you want to change your identity as somebody who is a wealthy person, who attracts wealth and so on, Consciously putting yourself in situations where maybe you're looking at big, beautiful homes or you're going to see, you know, expensive supercars and things like that. You're putting yourself in proximity 
of these things that eventually in the future you would be experiencing. So I think it's a combination of a number of different factors together. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about bringing forth that best version of yourself for the public, right? So, and that's, and, and designing that and becoming very conscious of that process rather than just allowing it to happen. Well, it, it does. And, and to add to that, and there's a question here is, um, you know, I think as a species, as individuals, we evolve, we have life experiences, life experiences, then the sum total of those experiences help us to actually identify with who we are. Because some of them are really hard experiences, some of them are great experiences. But the reality is, you know, there's been a statement made, you're, you're kind of the sum total of the experiences that you've had in your life. Yeah. But to have those experiences, you also need to have a huge bit of curiosity, a curiosity to want to go out and seek and find new things and do new things and explore and understand what they are. And this helps to develop this personal persona. This is what makes you who you are. You know, when you're born, you could say, well, I had an identity, but the reality is you were just a baby and you evolved into who you are because of the sum total of your experiences. Now that doesn't, like I said a minute ago, that also comes from the experiences that you had either positive or negative when you put yourself out there, when you were doing a public presentation, I remember a guy that was on here and he, and he was going to do a magic act in his sixth grade. And they laughed at him because he went blank with his little talk and his magic and whatever. Many people who are listening right now can relate to that. It's like, hey, I had this horrible experience when I went to go do public speaking in fifth grade, right? And that sticks with them until at some point, the pain is so great, they just take a huge risk and they go for it and they become a wonderful speaker. Right. So speak with us about the levels of charisma. Some of us have more than others. How would you help someone naturally discover the DNA charisma that they use that will enhance their message to prospective clients and customers? And again, when I say this, to find it, when they find it, they also find their niche, their market. Mm-hmm. Right. How, yeah, I think how, that how charisma do you help really do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think charisma is really directly related to how you how tapped into your sense of purpose you are because we've all experienced i look at charisma as a state really i think that all of us have experienced charismatic states very much the way that we've experienced peak states in our lives right there's been times where we've been sitting around a, a table with friends and telling a story and you know and everybody's locked in and everybody's riveted to that story and we've been magnetic we've experienced those moments of resonating with people very deeply. So it can happen. And the normal way that it happens is when we're talking about something we're enthusiastic about, we're truly passionate, we're truly caring. And so there's this, what Olivia Fox Cabani talks about in her book, The Charisma Myth, is this combination of power, presence, and warmth. And that essentially captures what charisma really is. So I believe that when you're really tapped into a sense of purpose, you have a real clear idea of Who is it that I'm really here to serve in the world? What is that problem that I'm here to solve? And you're really tapped into the pains of that problem, right? What are the, what are the people that I want to serve, you know, feeling on a daily basis when they're struggling, when they're hurting, you know, they want some kind of a solution. They're dreaming of some better future, right? Whatever that might be, tapping into those emotional elements of it is what allows us 
to, to really experience this charismatic state. It comes forth in us. We begin speaking and communicating with a lot more passion, energy, and so on. And that becomes contagious to other people. So I believe that, um, like Marilyn Monroe talked about this, she would just flip into a state at will and say, I'm going to suddenly change from Norma Jean to Marilyn Monroe. Watch me do it. And she would go into some kind of a state and transform herself magically into Marilyn Monroe. And I think that for us, we we may not do it at that level, but the same idea is there. When we can connect into those emotional drivers related to our purpose, it changes our state. And when we can notice our state, we can notice what, what you know, what do I, how do I sound? What's the, the tone of my voice? What's the pace? Do I speak faster? Do my hands start to move like mine do, right? Am I breathing faster? What is What happens in my posture? When we can start to notice how our state changes when we're charismatic, we can replicate that state at will. So that's what I like to talk about with charisma is essentially it's capturing that state as a recipe and at will being able to replicate it when we want to. So when we're going on camera or on stage, we can be our most charismatic, but it all ties back to that sense of purpose. That's our highest level. That's our highest driver. And that's where all of our emotion and passion and pours through and other people feel that. And it's an X factor, but people get that. And so I love to help people kind of tap into that and and use it as much as they can. And I can see how you do that. And one thing I would say, though, it's interesting, Rocky, that um, they always said, if you wanted to write a good book, write the book where you were in a movie theater with a friend and you would whisper messages in their ear. In other words, Somebody who writes good copy or writes good a book or is able to market to somebody or they read, it isn't always about charisma, always. It's about how you relay the message where the person feels warm, comforted, and understands what you're attempting to advise them of or tell them or whatever. And And I remember that from somebody saying, when you write a book, Make sure it, you're writing it as if somebody was sitting in the theater with you and you were whispering messages yeah. in their ear, right? Yeah. Um, well, it, that's where charisma, it's you know, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. Charisma is really the animating factor, but there's a lot of other factors that come into this strategy. And one of those is, in fact, market research. And it's knowing who that ideal person is in depth and feeling everything that they feel and knowing their dreams and aspirations and the things that keep them up at night and all of that. So when you can combine the strategic with the emotional, I think that's really where that that most powerful version of you can really come out. I'd agree. And with that being said, there are people that are selling things or marketing things that they almost seem similar. You know, it's like red ocean, blue ocean. We'll talk about that here now. Um you know, everyone said, well, the blue ocean is where the sharks don't swim, but the red ocean is where there's a lot of bloodbath and that's where you see it. So when you look at personal uh, to-do list programs, there's Todoist and there's Asana and there's ClickUp and there's this one and there's that one. And there's a lot, it's a very blurred space, right? It's a very blurred, uh, very challenging to determine what would be the best. But most of my listeners know about the book uh, that Chan Kim wrote and Renee wrote um, regarding the blue ocean. Speak with us about creating a blue ocean strategy. And if you would, 
this is a Ken Blanchard term, 100% raving fans. Um, so how would you help somebody do that? Yeah, I think it does come down to those unique factors that only you can bring to the table. And I think this is where a lot of people fall short because they don't do the deep inner work to understand what those factors are. (laughs) So like if we're in a space and we're seeing, you know, for example, in the marketing space and there's a lot of online gurus, the market's flooded with copycats because everybody starts to think this is how I have to sound like this is what's selling today. So I have to act like this sort of brash personality or whatever it might be, the bro marketer, (laughs) whatever it might be. But I think, you know, for for most of us, we have to figure out our own unique voice, be our most authentic, because that's where we're going to we're going to obviously make the deepest impact on people and being strategic and being able to step back and really look into what those elements are that make us unique. And so, you know, there's a whole palette of those. And some of those come from our life story. What are those aspects in our, our in our history that are kind of different than anybody else? So, for example, in my space right now, you know, I went to film school. I was I went to New York University film school. I think I'm not sure that there's anybody else in my space who went to film school or was in ministry leadership or was a commodity trader, <laughs> like, like things. Like, so there's there's aspects in my past that I can bring forward into the way that I talk about my subject that's different than anybody else. There's likes and dislikes that I have. It might be sports teams. It might be, you know, music, films, anything that we can pull into this orbit of who we're presenting ourselves to be, give us a different flavor. And so it really requires a stepping back and looking into ourselves and saying, you know, what are those elements? What are these talents that maybe I have that I don't use in my business at all? Maybe I I am very musical or maybe I do impressions like I do a lot of voices. But I never bring that into my business. Well, what if I actually said, hey, let me have some fun and start bringing that into my business and I'll start imitating people, right, as part of my video content. And it'll be funny and it'll be engaging for people, right? So there's so many untapped resources that we have within us that we could bring into what we talk about that would greatly differentiate us from anybody else. Now, strategically, big picture I like to think about, you know, Al Rees and Jack Trout in their book Positioning, talking about finding that what they call a creneau. They use a French word, but it means a hole, a cavity in the market where no one else is, where you can be the first and you can be the only. And so when when I talk about strategy, I always talk about it from the standpoint of being a category creator. Can you just create your own space for yourself, design it that way, and then you can proceed when you execute your business vision moving more into that blue ocean, you know, first and only sort of positioning. So to me, it's like you got to start with that vision and then you've got to design how to get there. But I think getting a clear vision and a big picture of where you want to go and who you want to be, right? And do you want to be funny? Do you want to be warm? Do you want people to love you? Do you want to be polarizing? You have to figure a lot of that stuff out. And that's what our framework really helps people to do. Well, in the process of that, I mean, I've been doing personal growth interviews, personal growth for now, we're 16 years on the air. And, you know, when you look at the numbers of people that speak about identity, kind of like, who is the alter ego? Uh, what is my persona that you were talking about? Um, how was that defined? How did I define it? How does the world see it? How do I see it? All of those are important questions. But in the end, what's really probably most important 
is what's going to make you as an individual, um, uh, how do I want to say this? Happy, content, and having achieved what you would like to achieve in the world. So you call it purpose. That's right. I agree. But then you have those goals that you've set around that purpose. So for that, you've got something that you talk about, which is called uh, you're going platinum as a high-priced expert. Because everybody here, you said, well, just when I first started off, I called you an expert. And you said, well, no, don't refer to me as an expert. But I think it's, do you see yourself as a thought leader in a particular area? That's another term that could be used versus an expert. Um, What must happen in the mindset of one of the clients that, you know, you're, that they need to embrace? And what are the characteristics of becoming a platinum, let's call them thought leaders in their field? And what needs to shift mentally and emotionally, Rocky, for somebody to actually claim that? It's one thing to say, well, I'm a thought leader. It's another thing to actually claim that you're a thought leader. And you have a knowing that you're a thought leader, not just a belief. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only claiming it, but then it's actually putting a price tag on it, (laughs) charging for it. And that's really where the, you know, where the mindset issues um, come in. And whenever you talk to people about sort of raising your price, raising your profile, positioning yourself as like a top expert in your space, all this stuff comes up. And I find that the three main areas that this occurs, and first of all, is just at a belief level, people may have a belief, a false belief that, you know, only the affluent can afford to pay high prices, right? So unless I'm really willing to just go for like the rich and target the rich, I can't charge high prices. And maybe they have baggage around doing that, right? And I think so at that level, the sense of, okay, only the affluent can afford high prices, that belief has to be debunked. It's sort of like, well, look around. People are paying high prices for all sorts of solutions all day long, and they're not necessarily affluent. It's like, it's a belief that you have to cultivate to realize that when a person reaches a point in their life, in their business, in their relationship, in their health, where there's a big enough problem, there's a big enough why there's a sense of urgency and they've tried a lot of things and, you know, and they're really kind of at the end of all of these half measures. They're ready to go all in. They've decided to burn the bridge and say, I have to fix this. People will are resourceful and people will find the money to pay. They, and, and of course, you know, you want to provide a true solution that, that actually solves the problem that helps people. But, but getting over that hurdle and saying, you know, I can charge high prices and kind of the average person in this situation can afford it or can figure out the resources to be able to get the money to pay for it. I think that's a hurdle that a lot of people have to get over. The second one, of course, is a self-doubt issue. No one will pay me. I see other people getting paid, but not me, right? I'm not worthy. And that's where you get into a lot of the self, self-worth issues. And that's a lot of debugging as well. Well, why are you not worth it? You've gotten all of these results with certain kind of people and so on, and you are worth it. Now, what I will say is a lot of people in the high ticket expert space simply talk about raising your price just from a mindset standpoint, just kind of deciding like you're worth it. So start charging. And I think that's where a lot of people find there's a there's a disconnect because at some point you realize, well, I'm really not worth it. I'm that this kind of stuff that I'm providing isn't really worth, you know, a $10,000 fee. So 
it may require strategic shifts. So for example, let's say you're a personal trainer and you typically work with people and you're helping them, you know, drop 10 pounds, get in that bikini for the summer, whatever it might be, but you're not solving like a high level problem. Being able to shift the way that you position your solution, it goes up exponentially when there's urgency around it. So for example, it might be a person that needs to lose a hundred pounds. Instead of losing 10, there's a hundred pounds and there's massive health implications involved. Or it could be you're trying to train an actor, get an actor ready in six weeks for a film, and they've got to take their shirt off in the movie. Suddenly your skill to help people transform their body has become a lot more valuable because there's urgency around it, right? So sometimes you have to simply reposition yourself, figure out how can I become more valuable? Do I need to serve people differently? Do I solve a different problem, a higher level problem, right? So there's a lot of that involved as well. And then the final mindset issue that I see a lot is, am I going to be judged, right? You start to feel like if I start saying like, I'm this top expert and I'm charging all this money, what are people going to think of me? What are the people that I love? Are they going to start to see me differently? Like now I'm trying to rip people off and so on. And I think that that has to be reframed. It has to be looked at as like, okay, well, some people may actually feel that way in, incorrectly, but for the most part, when I charge higher prices, I'm actually getting people better results because they have more skin in the game. Instead of paying $1,000 and they're, they're paying 10000 now they're really involved. They're going to treat me with much more respect and authority, and they're going to actually do what I tell them to do, right? So you actually get better results at higher price points than you do at lower price points in many cases, providing, again, that what you're doing is ethically, you know, ethically viable and valuable for people. So I think those are really the three big mindset shifts around going platinum. And they are. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is in since all dawn of time, uh, there's been a variance in prices of products and quality of products. Doesn't matter if it's Gucci versus Tesla versus whatever it might be. And I'm willing to pay um, because the company, in a lot of cases, has done a really good job of branding their products. Yeah. Um, now, there are people carrying Gucci purchase purses that probably shouldn't be, right? In other words, they bought it because of the image associated with it. And I think when you're doing consulting and you're putting a price on something, you said high priced, I think, is it a fair price where the value that yeah. the the person receives is equal or greater than the remuneration, the money that they're willing to give up for that. I know attorneys that charge $1,800 an hour, and I know attorneys that charge $300 an hour. And so, you know, you're always going to have this spectrum. And the question is really comes down. And when you buy this, do you believe that you're getting fair value, right? Fair value. And that's what it really kind of boils down to. And you speak about this, you have this personal persona project, um, and you're working with Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins. Could you talk with the listeners about what you're doing and your personal persona project um, and what's what's actually happening? I watched an interview uh, with with you and Dean, and it was really fascinating. Yeah, well, the Power Persona Project community is really a membership that is for experts, thought leaders, influencers, entrepreneurs, you know, anyone who is looking to build a personal brand. So inside Power Persona, 
this is where I teach the power persona framework that I had alluded to earlier. And we bring people together in an environment where, you know, they're on the journey together. They're receiving great training content. They're looking at guest expert interviews. They're in a community together, having great conversations. There's a marketplace, podcast exchange, all sorts of things inside of that community. Because I really believe that in a, in a rapidly changing world, being in a real-time environment with other peers who are on that same journey and are all learning from each other in a collegial setting, um, you know, there's nothing better for, for personal growth than doing it with other people. So the Power Persona Project is a community that I've created to kind of facilitate people's growth at, and reinvent their businesses, their personal brands, and so on, again, using the framework that I mentioned. Now, in terms of my work with, you know, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, that's something that came out of the blue. I was actually approached to partner with them on their, their most recent Time to Thrive Challenge, which was really all about the knowledge industry, which was, you know, Tony and Dean had a goal to bring a whole new generation of people into the knowledge industry, the expert space, being able to teach what they know, be enthusiasts, you know, share their passion, interview others, et cetera. It's a booming industry with a, with a very bright future. And I think Tony and Dean essentially see the same things that I see. There's a tremendous opportunity that's only going to get better going into the future, but there's also a lot of dangers in terms of, you know, making it work. You've got to stand out in a crowded marketplace. The more people come online, the more businesses come online, the more people are entering all of these different spaces, it, it becomes more important than ever to be able to stand out and you know position yourself uh, in that place as somebody that other people will follow and resonate with. So it was a great experience. I had the privilege of being able to interview Dean and, and chat with him uh, as they were launching this. I, I believe the numbers will show this was the biggest launch in internet marketing history. Um, so they did fantastic fantastic with it. And they brought all these new experts uh, into the market. And some of those people are going to be, you know, the stars of the future that you'll see in the next couple of years. So it's very exciting. There will always be a ratio of individuals that make it and individuals that are not going to make it, or at least it it depends on what you define making it is, right? Um, The reality of just being able to put one step in front of the other and actually try it and take the risk and not have the fear is really a key element of it. No matter where it takes you, it's the experience again of what actually happened along the way and what you learned to to improve as an individual, your own personal growth, uh, your own mastery of something, your own ability to do that. In your case, that's what you're helping people do even with your program. You're saying, hey, look, I'm here. I'm here to help you. You're going to make an investment in me. You're going to make an investment in what we're doing. and you know, going in that not everybody here is going to be a huge success, but you're, you're, it's what you define as success. What is your definition of that? What is it going for? What is your why in your case? Um, you know, you have what is the multiplier model shift, uh, that one could make, that could make to expand their brand and to leave a legacy. What is this multiplier model shift and how would Somebody listening today who's out on the internet, like myself, you know, engage in the multiplier model effect. And how could that help us exponentially change the number of people that see us, hear us, and engage with us? Sure. When I talk about the multiplier effect, it's really mainly aimed at 
at entrepreneurs who are focused in a in on a one-to-one model. So they're working with one client at a time. So they may be a coach or a consultant or somebody of that nature. And they're basically serving each client on a time for money basis. Maybe they're charging by the hour or by the package and so on. The multiplier is really when you, you can move from a one-to-one business model to a one-to-many business model. That's what allows you to, be, to have impact through time and space, right? All around the world at the same time and all of that. Now, the question is, how do you actually do that? So the, the central piece of that is first being able to extract the knowledge out of your head. Understand you know, what, what you are an expert in. How do you work? What are all those processes that you use? And being able to successfully pull it out of yourself and understand how you work put it into a linear format that other people can follow, turn it into a system that you can brand and framework that other people can can absorb easily, right? So you have to be able to teach it well as well. So that's the first step is really extracting your own IP, extracting your value and putting it into a format that other people can consume and find valuable. So that may be something like an online course. It could be a book. It could certainly be a podcast as well. But when you're essentially distilling what you know and putting it into a new format that other people can consume rapidly. And the second is also in your delivery model, right? So you can get leverage when you're, let's say, serving multiple people at the same time. That's where you may move from a one-to-one to like a group coaching program or a workshop or a retreat where you're all in the same environment, but your time is being leveraged because you're serving 12, 50, 100 people all at the same time. So the the two steps are really extracting your IP, putting it into a format that other people can consume, and then moving into these models where you're serving many people at the same time. And that can greatly multiply your business because, you know, in a one-to-one sort of model, you just can't serve that many people, right? You can only serve one client at a time. And you're often finding yourself repeating the same things over and over. You're teaching the same things again and again to people. And when you can put that material into like a digital format that they can consume and essentially liberate yourself from having to do those mundane tasks over and over again, and really focus mainly on giving people feedback, advice based on the videos that they watched, essentially that you created one time, and now they can be accessed anytime around the world, right? So that's what I'm talking about with multiplier specific to an expert. Extract your knowledge and then move into a different one-to-many model. So, um, you know, it's interesting in that multiplier effect. You know, you you did speak about a lot in that. But at the same time, what's really, really imperative is kind of like the design of how that uh, content is developed, learning content is developed. Yes. And I know you're an expert at that. And I want to let my listeners yes. know that this is one of Rocky's real expertise is yeah. kind of the design of how you do it. Um, when you design learning, because that's what people are wanting to do, you need somebody like Rocky because you can't just slap it together and put it in, you know, Thinkific or something like that. And <laughs> hope that somebody's going to come to Thinkific and want to consume your product because it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, it's got to have a, a unique model and design to it, and it has to be engaging and it has to keep people's attention. And you've got a lot of things to think about when you're doing that. Now, um, what advice would you want the listeners to know about building their personal brand and how do you help people? through this process i know you've got this you know they can go to rocky 
buckley.com, which we just said, which is one. And you have some new stuff coming out you were telling me about before we started this. Um, would you like to let the listeners know a little bit about that and where you're headed and what you're going to do and how they can, they obviously can re- reach you through here, but you're going to have a new website coming up. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, the path to kind of develop this strategy and this public persona strategy, the, the thing I think that I do differently than anyone else is I look at it kind of from an inside out inner game personal development sort of lens where I really start with the foundation, with one's life vision. That's the very first piece is going through understanding what it is that you want in life, not only now, but in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years into the future. And who do you want to become? And it's only when you can get really clear on the life vision that you can then get clear on the business vision because your business vision will shift depending on how you see your life and how you see who you want to become. And so aligning those things and making them congruent with each other um, is really the first step. And then the question is, you know, who are you inside of that business vision? And what is that role that you're going to play? What is that public persona that you need to, you know, to be, to be able to execute this vision and be successful at that? And then it becomes taking all these assets and resources that you have inside of yourself, looking at those, drawing those out. We talked about that a little bit earlier with things like your life story or your talents or your gifts or your likes and dislikes. How do you package all that together and then articulate that into a brand and a strategy that sets you apart as first and only in your market, right? So there's all that strategic piece. And then from there, that's when you can go wild executing (laughs) with putting out a lot of content and so on. But I find a lot of people miss the whole foundational piece and they're putting out content, they're putting themselves out there. And they're just drawing crickets, like nothing's happening. And it's really because there's this whole tip of the iceberg phenomena where most of the iceberg under the water has never been addressed. And it's all those factors that make the tip of the iceberg work. (laughs) That's why your marketing starts to work, because you know yourself really well. You know your market really well, your customer. And you can talk in their language, right, and and bring the best version of yourself into that. You have to figure all of that stuff out strategically strategically before you start putting out a ton of content or you can be experimenting with it you know at the same time so if i were to give advice to people that is really the place to start in terms of working with me you know people can find me at rockybuckley.com i believe that by the time that this episode is going to air we're a little bit before what's coming in the fall um and that's going to be the launch of my paid power persona project community that's going to be hosted over at Mighty Networks. So people, I, w- I c- can find me at powerpersonaproject.com. That will take them to my f- currently free Facebook group. And then eventually in the fall, again, this is going to turn into my paid community. And people can access that again at rockybuckley.com. Well, I can see you've worked behind the scenes with so many people. And now what you're doing is you're leveraging yourself. Uh, so good on you for that. The other Thank thing you. is, is that... Um, you know, for, for any individual out there listening today who has an idea, who wants to clearly define their vision, uh, wants to work with somebody who could help you turn that vision into a product or a service or a book or a course or whatever it might be, uh, Rocky would be your guy. I'm going to give you a personal endorsement because I really believe that's true based on what I know about you and what I've heard. The other thing would be that, you know, when you first start out in all of this, Rocky, what I've found is you know, you find so many people trying to get breadth instead of depth. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is the internet is a great place 
to get breadth, you know, but the question is, is the light bulb gone on for 10 seconds versus the light bulb being on for an hour and a half? And when you go deep, what happens is you're really lighting up a group of true uh, advocates. And those are the advocates that are going to kind of spread your message if you yeah. do that correctly out so the breadth becomes greater. You know, it's 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 like me with the podcast show. Great. You reach a lot of people. But how many truly watch and listen over and over and over again? And those are the people that you have to really think about because those are the ones that believe in you and you need to believe in them. Uh, And and I would say for for everybody listening today, Rocky's got a great program. Please go to RockyBuckley.com. We'll have a link in there. Uh, You can sign up for his course. You can send him an email. You can learn more about him out on the internet. He's got uh, uh, videos on YouTube as well, uh, but we will have that link. Rocky, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, being able to speak with you today about the services that you offer, the advice you provide, and the wisdom that you're actually giving to all the people out there who are trying to lift themselves up into something new in their life, something that they want to change. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, Greg, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.